Hello and welcome to another special playoff edition of the Try Hard Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Brian. With me, as always, is my good buddy, Steve. And... Do you like that, Steve? I like that. The Minnesota Vikings won. The Minnesota Vikings are playing on, in the divisional round, week two of the playoffs, and you I couldn't what? be more pumped. The surprising thing about that, the most surprising thing, is it wasn't a fluke. It wasn't a, uh, it wasn't a miracle throw. It wasn't some uh, penalty that, that wasn't missed, despite what people want to say. Oh, hot take right ball. there. That was missed or was called. It was like the Vikings just won that game. Like the other team, like the Saints didn't really show up very much. Drew Brees didn't really play well. Um, but the Vikings won the game. I don't think Drew Brees and the Saints didn't show up. I think the Vikings defensive front just dominated the Saints offense. I think Mike Zimmer came in with a look that we hadn't seen all season. Uh, and I don't think we've seen really much at all, if at all, during Zimmer's entire tenure. We put four defensive ends in the game at one time and just say good luck drew breeze throw if you get any time and he didn't get any time that was an amazing game it was super exciting um i couldn't be happier about the outcome knowing the vikings are going to dash my hopes this weekend i'm trying not to get my hopes up even though i said it going into the playoffs and i still believe it that the saints were the best team in the nfc um so the vikings should be able to beat anyone else if they beat the saints but i'm trying not to get my hopes up it's it's funny because uh, like local news on both sides, um, both uh, San Francisco and and Minnesota Vikings local uh, sports news is that now the road is paved perfectly for a Super Bowl run. Both yeah, I don't get that. I mean, the Vikings' path is is exactly what you'd expect. They they had to go against the thirteen and three Saints, and then they'll go against the thirteen and three Niners this weekend. Should they win that game, chances are they're playing in Green Bay against the thirteen and three Packers. So I don't know that the Vikings' route has changed at all. Uh, I do know that yeah, the San Francisco uh, papers put out an article the day of the Vikings' win, saying that the Forty ers now had the golden path to the Super Bowl yeah. because they didn't have to play the Saints. Uh, but yeah, but I, that's enough of the past. I could keep going on this for several hours, but I don't think anyone wants to listen to that. Uh, let's get, you know, forward looking and, you know, consider what we're going to be doing this upcoming weekend on DraftKings uh, for our DFS plays for the divisional round. Um, you know, as, as we've always done, we'll start with quarterbacks and we're just naming a couple. I didn't actually put strict limits on myself this week because that's not how I felt the positions broke down. Uh, but, Steve, do you have strict rankings or anything like that for quarterbacks? What do you mean strict rankings? I have two quarterbacks. Okay. So g- give me your number two. Give me your top two quarterbacks. Talk. Tell me a little okay. bit about them. Yeah. So I went two routes. Now, the, the only one that's really – my number one is the one that I'd like to explain more. Um, my number two quarterback is Ryan Tannehill, as he's by far the cheapest quarterback. And there's nothing that he's done this season that makes me think that he's going to have a down game, even after, especially after what he did in the last game uh, against the Patriots. I don't, I don't see why he would have a worse game against the Baltimore Ravens. So for 5,400, that seems like it's too cheap for him. But my 
Number I mean, one. Steve, just I, I'll let you I'll let you keep going. Uh, but yeah. just to be clear, he scored fewer than seven points last week against the Patriots. So I agree, he can't do worse, <laughs> but he better do a heck of a lot better. Just saying. But I'll let you keep going. Tell me your number one. But, yeah, he also. I mean, yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but after you look at what he's done this season. And he's playing against the Patriots in the playoffs. And he played fine. He just didn't get the points because the guy, the, the man among, amongst boys out there um, got the points. Yeah, Derrick Henry. I, I'd say the yeah. god amongst boys. It <laughs> the reminds way he, me. The way he demolished I I the Patriots. This before, but it reminds me of that scene from the Guardians of the Galaxy. No, not Guardians of the Galaxy. Avengers uh, Infinity War where they pick up. This is. I don't know if you've everyone's I assume everyone's seen that movie um, where they pick up Thor and they bring him in. They lay him on the table and someone's like, who is this dude? And then Drax, uh, Dave Bautista, he go he goes, this is no dude. You're a dude. This is a man. And that's what I think about Derrick Henry. Like everyone else out there was like dudes and that he was a man. He barely looked like he was running. But he was going like insanely fast and running over everyone. Yeah, he he is a beast. Uh, he yeah, he truly is a beast. There's nothing else to say about him. Uh, he was he was the reason I didn't do really well last week is because I I faded him in favor of Michael Thomas. If you go the other route, you probably had yourself a real good week last week. Uh, but anyway, who's your number one quarterback, Steve? Because I'm interested to see of the top guy. I I know it's one of three guys, so I'm interested to see which way yeah. you go. So I went with the expensive one, Lamar Jackson. And I went with him because of how I feel the Houston-Kansas City game is going to go. I feel like deep down, I feel like the Houston-Kansas City game is going to be a running game. I feel like there's going to be a lot of rushing touchdowns. I feel like it's going to be uh, both coaches are going to try to uh, have uh, clock control, uh, possession control of the ball. And I think it's going to be the opposite of what we're expecting. I think a lot of people are expecting a shootout, and I think it's going to be the opposite of that. And so I would rather pay up for Lamar Jackson because I there's a lot of savings that I found um, in other places than I would spe- that I would uh, pay 900, which is a lot uh, less for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. So I mean, I think that's really the key thing this week. Is last week we were talking about how. Just pick whatever quarterback you want or pick whichever quarterback matches your wide receivers because they were all within $1,000. This week is not the case. There's a $3,000 gap between Lamar Jackson at 8400 the highest-priced QB, and Ryan Tannehill, uh, the lowest-priced QB, at 5400 So that is a substantial gap and really will impact your uh, roster construction depending on that route you go. Uh, for me, I side on the um, – with the people that say pay up this week. I know I've been saying pay down at quarterback all year, but for me, none of the lower priced options, so it's Kirk Cousins at 5,700, Jimmy Garoppolo at 5,600, and Ryan Tannehill at 5,400. None of those really appeal to me. I agree Tannehill is probably the best play of those three if you really want to pay down, but my concern is with the matchups that Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and Deshaun Watson have, at least one of those three is going for 30 points. I don't think Ryan Tannehill's getting near 30 points this week. I think the Titans are going to just give the ball to Derrick Henry between 35 and 40 times. And I'm not even being hyperbolic. 
I think he's getting them. If 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 the Titans run sixty plays, Derrick Henry's touching the ball thirty five times, and with that kind of volume and that kind of takeaway from Ryan Tannehill's volume and upside, I just don't see him getting over twenty two points or so this week. And so I'm paying up at quarterback. And so I think you have Deshaun Watson at 6,700, Patrick Mahomes at 7,500, and Lamar Jackson, who we mentioned is at 8,400, are the top three options. And I like them in that order just because it is a tougher week for roster construction. There's a lot of expensive plays I really like. And so I like the top three quarterbacks in, in the ascending order of price because I, I like there's almost $2,000 savings by going from with Deshaun Watson over Lamar Jackson. And that's, that's a lot, uh, especially this week. So... I, I really think if you're going with quarterback, you're paying up this week. Uh, and if you don't, I think you have a better have a, a darn good reason for picking Ryan Tannehill. Not just savings in the abstract, but a specific player that you need to fit in that you can't fit in with one of the other three for some reason. Yeah, I I agree with that. Sorry, I was uh, distracted a little bit. Dynamite edition, Steve. That's oh, why we I keep know. you on the payroll. <laughs> um, oh, oh, no, I, th- I think your contribution accurately reflects your salary from this podcast. That's true. Should I put it that way? <laughs> that is that that is factually correct. Oh, no wait, wait. Analysis for no pay. <laughs> um, uh, you said you said the higher ones because one of them is going to score for thirty points. I I agree, but I think the the absolute clear one to me is Lamar Jackson. And I think that's why he's he's priced up where he is. I know Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, like that that matchup is like juicy. Like you want a part of that, but I just I don't trust it. Well, uh, you know, I kind of agree with you there. Uh, and we'll get to that when we talk about running backs in just a second. But yeah, for me the reason my only concern with Lamar Jackson is I just don't know how I fit him in a lineup without sacrificing a ton of potential value at other positions um and you'll see as we go forward i think there's a real struggle to find low dollar guys and that starts with running back um so for me here i do have a uh you know top one two three um do you have the same for running back yes i do yeah okay good um i'll go first on, on running back so my third ranked running back is carlos hyde uh for the houston texans he is he is, yeah, he's a guy that we haven't really played all year. He's had one or two really good games this season, um, a, a number of solid games, but really is a boring guy, especially because he doesn't catch a lot of passes, if any. You know, he's, you know, generally if he gets a target, he gets one target a game. He had one game with five targets, one game with three targets, uh, and that was it. Otherwise, he had zero or one. Uh, but Kansas City is terrible against the run. And when the Texans played the Chiefs back in week six, and I know that was you know, basically forever ago, they gave the ball to Carlos Hyde 26 times that game. He got over 100 yards, got a touchdown, had 22 fantasy points, which would just be out of this world fantastic uh, in this week at his price tag, which is really low compared to the other running backs at 5K. And I don't love him as a player. I don't love him for the type of player he is that he in that he doesn't catch passes, but I think he's in a great spot, and he's just so much cheaper than every other viable running back. Uh, that I think you can't really ignore him. And to the point, I might even play him even if if I'm playing Deshaun Watson just because I think Carlos Hyde is such a good value this week. Ew. He helped me win a game in season long. There you go. I won the championship in. 
no big no big deal no big deal um at number three i have uh the boastert mostert the boastert um at 5800 because the vikings are terrible so i mean the vikings beat the saints the best team in the history of the nfl (laughs) that's true um I don't know. Mostert scares me. Mostert seems like a like he seems like he should be like a very obvious play, and maybe it's just my homerism that's keeping me from from fully accepting it. But he scares me in that he doesn't get. He's not alone in the backfield. He gets the, the bulk of the carries, but not all of them. And also Minnesota, yeah, but all San Francisco does is run. <laughs> yeah, it, it's true. All they do is run. Uh, but the Vikings have been really good at stopping running backs from getting in the end zone. And if you look at Mostert. All of his all of his value really has been from touchdowns. He's scored in each of the last uh, six games and, and scored seven touchdowns in those six games or eight touchdowns in those six games. So he's been on a scoring binge uh, and still hasn't blown you away. You know he's he had touchdowns in games and had less than thirteen points in a couple of those games. So that that's what worries me about him. Uh, but like I said, he does seem like at his price of fifty eight hundred, he should be. A good play this week. I just maybe I'm not seeing it. Yeah, you probably aren't. Okay, my number two. I'm going back to the well. This hurts me in some ways because I I think this might be really where my homerism's kicking in. Uh oh. But I'm going Dalvin Cook at eight thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going Dalvin Cook over Derrick Henry once again. I think they were basically equal last week. For as much as we hyped up Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook got like three or four fewer points than Derrick Henry and was, uh, you know, a little bit cheaper than Derrick Henry last week. So I think they were kind of a wash in value. Um, I think Derrick Henry's going to have another good game, but uh, he can get shut down, especially if Tennessee falls way behind Baltimore and Tennessee just can't afford to run the ball 35 times. Uh, Dalvin Cook is a game flow independent back. He's going to run. He's going to catch. He's going to get goal line carries. Uh, and with injuries this week, uh, not that are going to keep them out of the game, but that are probably going to limit the Vikings wide receiver uh, with both Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen uh, missing practice time. I think Dalvin Cook's going to be even more of a focal point of this offense. And if you can fit him in your lineup, which might actually be difficult. Uh, I think he's another solid play for 24 to 30 points this week. Uh, no. <laughs> but okay. <laughs> uh, so here, in your defense, if Minnesota is going to uh, do anything at all, they need Dalvin Cook to get 20 to 30 points. So Yeah, and, and here's my thing too. If you look at Dalvin Cook, throughout the season, he kind of bounced between having a mid-teens – uh, number of rushes and in low 20s. He had one game with 25 carries. That was his highest of the year, I believe. Uh, I guess he had one other one with 26, but other than that, he didn't really go over 21. He got 28 touches against the Saints, and that wasn't a blow game. That That's what I think the Vikings are trying to do now. I mean, I see them, they were keeping Cook healthy, and I see them as, well, we're at the playoffs. There's no reason to, we don't have to keep someone healthy. We just need to win the game. So I think he's going to get all the work he can handle. Uh, and, you know, it's just a fantastic play against the 49ers. Mm, I don't know about that, but okay. Uh, at number two, I have... Is that right? Oh, I have Carlos Hyde. <laughs> oh, there you go. Okay, what the... <laughs> wow, okay. There's there's the importance of prep pre-pod. I'm just I guess, kidding. Too. It was a joke. 
Um, yeah, if Carlos had a 5,000, I think, like I said, I already said, it, I think this game is going to have a, a, a decent amount of scoring, uh, but I think it's going to be a lot of a lot of it is going to be uh, running back scoring and not not as much through the air. And that's why I like Carlos Hyde. I wonder who my number one's going to be. Hmm. Well, I was going to say, I guess we have the same number one. <laughs> my number one uh, is Damian Williams. Of Same. the Chiefs, who's at six thousand. Uh, even until I started looking this morning, I was like, "Oh, that seems like a really good price for him." But he doesn't get all the carries. But actually, Darrell Williams is on IR. Lashawn McCoy was inactive in Week 16 and didn't play a snap in Week 17. Uh, Damian Williams is really their feature back now. I would be shocked if that just suddenly changes in this playoff game. You know, maybe Lashawn McCoy gets a handful of carries, but I don't think he's gonna take you know more than. 25% of the snaps after taking zero in a game that Kansas City had to win in week 17. So I think Damian Williams is is close to a must play this week as you can have. And I wouldn't, even if you want to play Patrick Mahomes, I don't know that I would necessarily fade Damian Williams. He catches enough balls where it's possible he catches a touchdown. And I do think this game is going to be high scoring enough that both a running back and quarterback can get their touchdowns to get value. I agree. Damian Williams, number one. Okay, before we move on, though, I've got a question for you, because I think a, a running back neither of us mentioned might be the wild card of the week. Yes, can a, I say who it is? Sure. Uh, Mark Ingram? No. Oh. No. Uh, for me, it's Aaron Jones. Um, well, of course it's Aaron Jones. He's going to get like eight touchdowns but, and but seven yards. But that's what yards. I mean. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, Aaron Jones is the wild card, so he's really expensive at 7400 and that's what, what concerns me uh, because uh, Jonathan Williams is going to play. Or excuse me, Jamal Williams. is Looks like he's going to play, and uh, Aaron Jones hasn't been nearly as effective, mainly because he hasn't gotten the same volume when Jamal Williams has been active and involved. And so I think Aaron Jones is the wild card because – if you play him, you really can't afford Dalvin Cook or Derrick Henry, and you're banking on Jones getting a couple touchdowns, and that's a little dicey. But he could do it. You know, like Steve said, he can get thirty yards and three touchdowns. It's that's in his wheelhouse. Shockingly, thirty yards and twenty-four touchdowns. <laughs> so yeah, so I, I think he might be the wild card of the week. I'm still a little scared to play him, but just given that it sounds like there's going to be a lot of snow in Green Bay on Sunday. I think the Packers might have to rely on Jones more than otherwise. So he's a wild Aaron card Jones, player. He's one of those players that I would always be afraid to play in daily fantasy, but I would love to have him in season long. Oh yeah, oh yeah, or definitely best ball. I had him best in season ball long. leagues. Yeah, yeah, he's he's good there. Okay, uh, well let's move on to wide receivers this week and. See where we're at. So this is another position. I don't see a ton of value here. I really struggle. I really looked hard to find like a guy even under 5K that I really liked. Uh, and I don't think I found anyone under 5K that I really like. So let's hear your number three, have. Steve. Uh, my number three is Tyreek Hill. I think he's going to get his yards. He may or may not get a, a touchdown. But uh, the defense on Houston is not something that I'm really concerned about and i think patrick mahomes's first uh game in the playoffs this year he's gonna let it air especially in the first quarter and i think you'll probably see tyreek get a lot of his points in like the first maybe first se first half of the second quarter 
Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, he's certainly a boomer bust type guy, but we've seen him be slate breaking. Um, you know, he can go for he could have three catches for 190 yards and three touchdowns. Like that yeah. wouldn't be shocking for him at all. But he can also have three catches for 70 yards. Yep. Um, that's not as likely. It's you know more four or five for 80, 90, but that's not good enough at his price tag at 7,600. But yeah, uh, you know, I like Tyreek Hill a lot. Um, don't hate that call at all. I'm going a different route. And I will say I did not rank Will Fuller, who's at 5K this week, because it's still not really clear even as of Thursday evening if he's going to play. Um, but I like him if he's healthy and plays. And I like Deshaun Watts even more if Will Fuller's in the game. But I'm going to go a guy priced just a little bit above Will Fuller at 5,200. That's Debo Samuel of the San Francisco 49ers. Gross. I already said I don't love the running backs for San Francisco, and I don't even love their offense generally. But if the Vikings have had a real weakness so far this year, it's giving up deep passes. And the only guy that's really going to catch a deep pass that's a wide receiver is Debo Samuel. And so I like him at 5,200. I think he's going to get enough just basic volume with his five to eight targets and, you know, get you 50 or so yards to be okay at that price, get you two times his salary. And he can bust some long uh, touchdowns and really have a big day for you. So I really like his upside this week at a, at what's actually a cheap price for wide receivers because there's just not a ton of value. I don't want anything to do with like Alan Lazard or Sammy Watkins this week that are 4,500 and 4,300 respectively. Interesting. Is that all you have to say about Debo? That is. All right. Well, my number two is Debo Samuel. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I was, I was wondering why you weren't ragging on me more for that pick. Well, I said it was gross. Yeah, I mean, you did. I, I don't like picking um, San Francisco wide receivers, but if it's against the Vikings, yeah, give it to me all day. Yeah, and I, I like that we both agree Debo Samuels over Emmanuel Sanders. For me, it's for mm. that deep ball thing that I mentioned. I don't know if we agree on that. Oh, my <laughs> gosh, really? Okay, spoilers. Um, so for me, my number two would have been Adam Thielen until he went and cut his ankle in practice somehow. I don't know what he did, but he needed stitches. So I'm a little more concerned about him. Uh, so my number two is Tyler Lockett at 6,600. Uh, and this is kind of being the tournament play. You know, he's... Uh, I don't know if struggling is the right word, but he hasn't been his usual self. He's kind of become the wide receiver two for the Seahawks as DK Metcalf's gotten more and more uh, looks from Russell Wilson. But now DK Metcalf is priced above Tyler Lockett. And I think Lockett's in a great position to have a really big game against the Packers in some bad conditions. I think there's chances for the Seahawks to take some deep shots. Uh, And so, I think more of those will go to Lockett, and I think he's going to be relied on more and more as Russell Wilson is forced into difficult situations, maybe when he's trailing in the fourth quarter, for example. So I like Tyler Lockett at 6,600. I thought about ranking one of those two, but I just couldn't. I couldn't decide. I know DK Metcalf is priced up because of how well he did last week, and Tyler Lockett's still pretty expensive for how poorly he's done recently i don't know i I couldn't i couldn't rank either of those two but yeah uh, spoilers at number one i do have emmanuel sanders my homeboy um i don't think the vikings can stop anyone from catching 10 yard outs (laughs) so (laughs) 
<laughs> I, I I'm surprised that uh, Drew Brees didn't just do that. Like he, uh, the year of the Minneapolis miracle was that last year or the year before? Two years ago. Yeah, two years ago, the Minneapolis miracle. Uh, he came back. They had a comeback in that game, a pretty big comeback, because Drew Brees just kept throwing ten yard outs over and over and over and over and over, and the Vikings couldn't stop it he didn't do it this game i don't know why but the vikings cannot stop it they're they're uh their quarterbacks play too scared and they play off the receivers too much and just to try and stop the deep ball which they can't stop either um so i think emmanuel sanders could have like i mean if they if they take advantage of it could have like 12 catches for 110 yards See, I, I agree with you. The Vikings can struggle in that 10 to 15 yard range on passes, but I think those are all going to Kittle. Um, I just, I have a hard time with Sanders. If you look at him, since week 10, uh, Emmanuel Sanders has had one game with double digit fantasy points. So he's really struggled as of late. Um, and that's what concerns me that he's just not going to get used. Um, for my number one, I was going to kind of cheat and do a pick em of the top three priced wide receivers. Uh, but I don't want to do that. So I'm going to go with my favorite. That's actually DeAndre Hopkins at 7,400. Uh, I already talked about how much I like Deshaun Watson. If Deshaun Watson has a huge game, Watkins is going to be involved. Um, I think for the top three, Adams is the safest floor, safest guy to get you like exactly 100 yards and nine catches. Tyreek Hill's the most likely to have just a gigantic game of like 35 points with, you know, multiple touchdowns and, you know, well over 125 yards. Um, but I think DeAndre Hopkins is the best combination of ceiling and floor. I think he's going to get a lot of work, and he has shown throughout his career, including this season, he can have some really big games. So he's my number one overall wide receiver this week. Hmm. I don't know. After watching that game last week, the tech, uh, Deshaun Watson did not look good. But, uh, until Matt, until the overtime, basically, yeah, fourth quarter overtime. Then he looked good, but yeah, before that, he seemed to he seemed to struggle. Um, but you know, I'll take it if if he needs if he needs to wait till the end of the game and then get you you know top scoring at his position of the week. I'll take it. Uh, but let's move on to tight ends now, uh, and do how many tight ends did you rank? Two, two. Okay, let's hear let's hear your second ranked tight end, Kyle Rudolph. Wow. Okay. Tell tell me about it. I, I didn't go there. I kind of wanted to, but <laughs> I didn't go there. For 3,400, uh, he's playing like a reliable tight end. And he's playing like uh, the early mid-season, like Greg Olson was playing. Like you mm-hmm. could just plug him in, and he had a good chance of getting a touchdown, uh, a couple catches. Uh, that's how Kyle Rudolph is. And when they get him involved... Uh, the Vikings tend to play better, and I think they're realizing that, uh, especially with that little, um, that little flick pass to the back of the end zone that they've done now twice in the past couple games. Yeah, yeah, the nice fade to the tight end who uses his size to gain separation without committing offensive pass interference in the back <laughs> of the end zone. Well, uh, he yeah. did. He did commit offensive pass interference, but there's also defensive pass interference. So it would have they would have nullified each other and. He would have got a touchdown anyway. So that's why they, they said at the whatever offices that don't call it. 
Yeah, you know, I, I, I generally believe myself to be a pretty objective person, but even I know I, there's no way I can look at that play wholly objectively. But I didn't see true offensive pass interference. There was hand checking it and a slight, you know, extension of his arm to he had maintain a fully space. extended one arm. It, it, but it looked like he maintained space with that arm as opposed to creating it. And I think that's usually a distinction between what's called and not called on the field as opposed to what the letter of the offensive pass interference interference rule is uh, but that's neither here nor there they did not call it i do not expect the saints to be able to cry enough this season to create another rule change next year to make the nfl even more confusing um so yeah i i hope you're right about kyle rudolph like i said i wanted to, to rank him but i i just couldn't find it he's a little inconsistent for me and to be honest i didn't rank him either but i prefer jimmy graham uh, at 3300 for a hundred dollars less than rudolph this week yeah. uh, graham's been getting more and more volume and more and more uh participation in his uh in terms of number of routes run per game as the season has worn on and the seahawks have been basically the second worst team in the league after the cardinals at giving up yards to tight ends so i actually like jimmy graham this week if you're going to punt at tight end or if you're going to go two tight ends which i think is very viable and use graham in your tight end slot and one of the other guys in your uh in your flex spot uh, for me, my number two ranked tight end is George Kittle uh, at 6,200. Uh, he's a monster. I think he is the second best bet of the week to get you like 15 points. Um, I just, I don't, the Vikings might slow him down, but they're not going to stop him. And I think he's he's just a great play at his price. I I like him way better than any the tight ends based on their prices. I like way more than any of the high price wide receivers because the tight ends are like a thousand dollars cheaper than they should be. So I think Kittle's a fantastic play at sixty two hundred. Uh, well, maybe. Um, I don't think he's like worth a number two pick, but I uh, would put him at number one. <laughs> <laughs> He is my number one. So basically, basically, uh, they could have Kittle just take the snaps and <laughs> and run it based run. on based on how Taysom Hill uh, played against the the Vikings. Which, if they just left him in, they probably would have won that game. Um, any like large white guy that can break tackles, I'm pretty sure the will destroy the Vikings puny little defense. I don't think his race has anything to do with it. I'd be pretty scared with the Vikings playing like Derrick Henry, for example, who is a huge, strong African-American man. I think he'd pose but the Taysom same But Hill made them look like little, little boys. Oh, T- Taysom Hill's a freak, man. That guy, that guy's a football player. Um, yeah. You know, he, he just, he, the Vikings did not adjust to him at all. It's like once he got on the field, they didn't know at all how, you know, how to adjust their, their pre-snap calls to to work around him. So, yeah, he, he caused the Vikings a lot of pain. Thankfully, not enough to cost the Vikings the game. But, yeah, um, thankfully, Kittle, I don't see the 49ers using Kittle the same way. Uh, but Kittle is going to be a beast, obviously. I mean, I just talked about how much I like him this week. Kittle gets a lot of his yards after the catch. And so I think that's where he's going to hurt the Vikings. It's, yeah, I it's think short short screen maybe even a short screen pass and then he's running it down because people just can't i mean we talked last week about the way to and now the vikings stopped michael thomas and he did michael thomas did finish the game healthy thankfully for you know him and his family and everything but uh, we talked about the one way to stop him would be andrew sandejo just 
launching at him. Uh, maybe that's the, the George Kittle plan. You know, just put Sandejo out there and see what happens when, when they collide. It probably wouldn't be good for Andrew Sandejo. He's probably giving up 70 pounds to George Kittle. But, but no, it, it'll be – I think the good matchup will be Harrison Smith, the Vikings uh, all-pro safety against George Kittle. I think that'll be the really good matchup, and that, that may define the game, at least on the the matchup between the Vikings D and the San Francisco 49ers offense. Uh, but for me, as I said, Kittle's my number two tight end. My number one tight end is the highest-priced tight end. It's like Travis Kelsey at 6,400. Uh, he's just as consistent as Kittle has been all year. I don't think he's gotten the fanfare because Kelsey's just been just been consistent and good. He hasn't had a lot of great games, as, or as many as we're used to, uh, but he's still getting 9 to 12 targets a game. He's getting you double-digit points every game, except for their last game. Uh, against the Chargers, which was kind of an anomaly. But I think he's just in a great spot against the Texans at a really good price. Kansas City's at home. And again, he's over $1,000 cheaper than Tyreek Hill. And I think they have very similar median projections. And I don't think Tyreek Hill's ceiling is that much higher than Travis Kelsey's. Uh, so I really like Kelsey this week, and I like him just a little bit more than George Kittle. Mm-hmm. I thought about ranking him, but Kittle against the Vikings, I'll take that. But, I mean, I will say, if you look at this, like, if Mark Andrews plays at 5,600, he's a good tight end pick. Um, if he doesn't play, then Hayden Hurst or, or Nick Boyle for the Baltimore Ravens might be a good pick. Um, I don't think you got to worry about it, though, because if you, if you decide to play, like, Ryan Tannehill, Carlos Hyde, Damian Williams, uh, Debo Samuel, like you'll be able to play at really expensive tight end. Yeah. And, and I, and I, I think really, I don't think the question is, I think it's which of the top two tight ends do you play? And then your question is, do you use Jimmy Graham or Kyle Rudolph? Someone in that, you know, the, the low three K price at tight end in your flex spot, you know, or vice versa, however you want to put it. Um, yeah. It versus a cheap wide receiver. I think that it, I think you're right. I think it's a real question. I think it it's it would be a mistake not to play Travis Kelsey or George Kittle at all in your lineup. Uh, maybe you fade those guys for Mike Mark Andrews if you have Lamar Jackson as your QB, but that's probably the only reason I would do it. Defense. Sure. Let's go on to defense real quick. Um, I'll start off. For me, I think there's one clearing away the best defensive pick here, uh, and it's mainly due to price. And the fact that there's no defense I love other than the Ravens defense is probably in a very good spot given how many sacks Ryan Tannehill gives up. Although noticeably, I think he was only sacked once against the Patriots. Uh, but the Ravens are 3,600. That's going to be a lot of money to spend on defense this week. So I think the best one is the Minnesota Vikings at 2,700. Wow. Uh, again, it's all on price. Uh, and it's based on the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo has, I think, the highest interception rate of any QB left in the playoffs. Um, oh, <laughs> Deshaun Watson might be a little higher, but that that would be it. And again, the Vikings are only a hundred more than the Seahawks, who have a worse matchup against the Packers, and they're three hundred more than the Titans, who have a way worse matchup against Lamar Jackson and the, the Ravens. Uh, so, I, other than that, to get below the Vikings, you got to go to the Texans, who are only two K, but they're they have a real chance to get you zero or negative points against the Chiefs in Kansas City. So, I think the Vikings are in an okay spot and that's about as good as you get this week unless you somehow can pay up for the Ravens defense 
Well, I totally disagree with that. Um, I think you. What What are the Vikings priced at? Twenty seven hundred. I think all you have to really do is go one hundred more for the Packers, and you have at least a higher floor than the Vikings. I don't. I don't see why you would pick the Vikings over the Packers, but in uh, this situation, because Russell Wilson doesn't turn the ball over. That's, yeah. I mean, that's why, like, I, I want to go, like, that's why last week I was, even though I you, I considered the Vikings because they were so cheap, they were the cheapest defense last week, but I was hesitant because the Saints, in particular the Drew Brees, don't take sacks and don't turn the ball over. Russell Wilson takes some sacks, not as many as he used to, but still an, an average amount, but he doesn't turn the ball over, really. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo will take sacks and will turn the ball over. And so I'm really just banking on, he's the quarterback I would target the most. Uh, of anyone left, which is still crazy given Ryan Tannehill is in this game. Though, again, if the Ravens were priced at 3000 or 3100 I'd be more inclined to try to f- fit them in. So how many turnovers does Russell Wilson have? No, I've got to look. Russell Wilson 14, 14. has... He has five interceptions, nine fumbles. But only two fumbles lost. doesn't matter. That fumbled matters. up eight times. If that, you, no, that if is you, true. Most fumbles are 50-50, so he should have another four. So he should have nine turnovers, really. Um, but, I mean, look at that. Compared to Jimmy Garoppolo's 13 interceptions, 10 fumbles, five of which were lost, so 18 turnovers. You know, that that's what I mean. Like, to, to me, I get it. The Vikings defense hasn't been great, but they were great against the Saints. If they can get pressure on Garoppolo, I think they can get you a bare minimum of points and as always, the best scoring defense is determined on which defense, if any, gets a defensive touchdown or a return touchdown. You can't really predict that. Maybe the Chiefs are the best option to do that because they have a really good returner in Miracle Hardman. So maybe you go with the Chiefs at 3,200. Uh, but they're another defense that can get you you know, close to zero points. Um, but, you know, another thing, I might even like them as much as the Ravens given the price difference there. So... Like I said, I like the Vikings the most because uh, I think you need to save as much as you can at defense this week, and I there's no one lower than the Vikings that I like. But if you have the money, I like the to go Packers higher. the most. The other defenses I'd be considering is kind of a coin toss between the Texans and the Titans. I feel like one of them is going to have a decent game. I'm leaning more towards the Titans uh, over the Texans, oh. um, but that's that's me. I don't. I feel like the Ravens are gonna kind of lay an egg in, in the playoffs. If they do, I don't think it's this game. If 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 yeah, the Ravens lose, I think it's the AFC game. Championship. I don't think the Ravens lose this game. I don't think the Ravens lose the Super Bowl, which is why, as much as I'm rooting for the Vikings to get the Super Bowl, it would crush me if they have to face the Ravens because then they're probably zero and five in Super Bowls. Purple. Well, let's Super not talk Bowl. about that. They've got to. They've got to beat the 49ers first. I'm hoping oh, that easy. Them. I don't know about that. If they beat, if they beat the Saints, they can beat the 49ers. Okay, you've got my hopes up. I'm convinced the Vikings are going to dominate. Uh, I can't wait to talk to you next week, and we can hear more of Kurt Cousins' epic quotes, or really just quotes. Are you going? So, are you going to actively? So, let's say the Vikings win on Saturday. Okay, are you going to actively cheer for the Packers? So that the Vikings can go to Lambeau? No, no, because the worst, 
because uh, I told you that uh, the worst thing the Vikings could do to tear out my heart would be to beat the 49ers, then go and lose to the Packers. And so the Packers, not only did the Vikings the lose thing? another NFC championship game in my lifetime, they lose to the Packers and the Packers go to the Super Bowl. That was, that's my worst case scenario. I will. But wouldn't it also be the Russell best thing though? If they, if they beat the Packers to yes, go to the Super Bowl, that, that would be the best in Lambo. It's a Minnesota sports team, Steve. That doesn't happen outside of the WNBA. Good things don't happen to Minnesota sports teams. Mm. I'll root for the Packers if the Vikings win. That'd be pretty exciting. Oh, that would... I, not that it matters. Me rooting for whatever, but <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think we have control. I think you control it, Steve. So I'll try to talk you out of it. But anyway, um, it's going to be another. It's another week of I think four really good matchups. Maybe three. I think the Ravens Titans game is going to be. Not very close and not that exciting. But the other three, I think, are all going to be very good games. So. Titans, Titans are going to beat them that bad? Yes, that's, that's exactly what I was implying there, Steve. 100%. <laughs> no, I, I think the Ravens will win handily. But uh, but we'll see. Uh, but it's been fun talking to you, and I look forward to talking to you next week. And hopefully everyone has a good week in DFS. Except you, Steve. I want to beat you this week. So mm. I wish you the worst of luck. So in, in the D, So in the DFS league, though, I now have uh, tied for the most wins. And then also I have more uh, uh, top twos than everyone else. But somehow I'm in fourth place. Because we've talked about this. You're either first or you're last. Yeah, but I have, I, I'm the winningest person. I don't know what to tell you, Steve. The no, second winningest person wins. I'm the second winningest person. Well, it's you were you and were I'm tied. I mean, you're tied with with me and another guy with most wins, but I have way more places than you, so I don't know. Not way more. Well, for I'm in first in number of places. You're tied for last, essentially. No, I'm not. Yeah, you are. Well, hold on. I'm looking at now. We've both played 33 contests. I've won eight. You've won eight. I've played 16 times. You've played 12 times. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, okay. Uh, But the person (laughs) in second place has eight wins, 12 places. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you're how you're, I mean, but you're not that far behind. You're, You're two and a half points behind. Basically, but I think we have it's, the it's, same... it's my dad that you should be asking, how the heck is he above you? How are any like... of them above me? <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of a good question. Yeah, really, how, how are really they above you? But, uh, but the important thing, I think, is I am dominating and in clear first position in overall rankings for our league. I think that's all, that should be the last word on it, uh, and everyone should have a good and, and joyous uh, divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Yeah, I feel like I should say, like, peace out or something. 